Today on Ovi's and Gilio, they say Duke and Carolina basketball deliver. Nah, y'all. NC State and North Carolina football always deliver, and they're going to deliver on Saturday. We'll get into the vibes about this matchup. App State delivered, beating JMU over the weekend. We're going to talk to head coach Sean Clark, and I guess we have to talk about the Panthers? I don't know. We'll see if I feel like it. If you feel like supporting us, by all means, throw us five stars on your favorite podcast platform, leave a review, get to the YouTube, leave comments, hit the like buttons. We appreciate all that stuff. And we greatly appreciate it when you buy stuff from us. Check out breakingtea.com slash OG and get yourself a hoodie. Gift a hoodie. Gift a t-shirt. Gift a kid's t-shirt. We got the Utes too. Again, breakingtea.com slash OG. And be on the lookout. We might have a new t-shirt design dropping soon. OG. 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 Golly. Gosh, OG. Here we go. Let's podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovius, folks. We made it. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. I won't leave this room without. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna leave here with a smile. And and I know some of you don't like the smile. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, oh, oh. And we'll weigh in on Thursday night. We'll weigh in on Thursday night. Shout out to Chuck the Chest, Chuck Amato, to bring us into official Thanksgiving week. And I have to say, Joe. As we're broadcasting to you from the Eford Studios in downtown Raleigh, thanks to Empire Properties and thanks to Copiers Plus for being the presenting sponsor. Speaking of things that we are thankful for on Thanksgiving week, incredibly thankful for Copiers Plus. Check them out online at Copiers Plus, copiers-plus.com. You know what I mean? You know what I'm even more thankful for? That NC State and North Carolina continue to deliver a cornucopia of takes for us here in the triangle. Eight and three UNC, eight and three NC State at eight o'clock with West Durham on the freaking call. I can't ask for, for much more than that. Maybe we're going to do a little OG after dark. Not maybe. We'll be there. You're going to be awake? Be awake. Let's go. Can't promise I'll be sober. I mean, that'll be half the fun. Happy Thanksgiving. Okay. Let's go. I'm excited about that. I think Brownlow's going to drop on by too. Five weeks ago, if you would have told me that State and Carolina would have the same record going into this game, I would have told you, you are one dumb fool. <laughs> and I've got some property in Garner to sell you. Yeah, it's, but this is State and Carolina. This is what I've been trying to scream for years. Every time one school, it's not just, it's not just a specific school, right? Even though North Carolina is the latest, the latest iteration of this Carolina program was acting as though, all right, Mac is back. We're going to crush it in recruiting. We're just going to lap them. No, you're not because North Carolina and NC State are literally the Spider-Man pointing meme. You are the same program just in different colors and how you go about it. The wildest side, it's not this year. That's the wildest thing to me. The wildest thing to me is the yellow pad you put out this weekend about how the Sam Howell, Drake May UNC squads and the NC State quarterback cornucopia spin the wheel and see which QB you're going to get for a variety of reasons. Injuries, suddenly deciding, eh, I want to save my eligibility because of NIL. That's the wildest part to me and the separate ways that you were singing about to start the show. How, how, how are they basically the same schools? How, how are they the same college football program? 
despite the fact that you got two NFL starting quarterbacks on your roster since 2022. Water always finds its level. And as you've said, you are what your record says you are. Mm-hmm. So as Bill Parcells like to tell us, these are two teams that traditionally have been 500 mm-hmm. all time. So here they are. There's a push. There's a pull to the universe. And when Carolina started this season 6-0, and I thought they had a real chance to exceed, to, to have that high tide, to really push themselves to a spot where they hadn't been under Mac Brown because he's, he's done a lot of things, but he's never won the ACC. I thought for sure they had a, a real shot at that. And I thought they had a shot at the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. And since then, they've lost as double-digit favorites to Georgia Tech. They've lost to Virginia, who, fair enough, I think both of those schools are better than perhaps we thought they would be. And then they went down to Clemson, to Death Valley on Saturday. Woo, the home cooking was strong, man. It was strong. And I'm sure there's a Clemson fan out there going, that's no different than all of those times we went to the Smith Center and the whistle was going the other way. It all has a way of evening but, itself out, right? Oh, man. The heels were on the wrong end of that pipe and with no lube on Saturday. Yeah, but you know what, though? I'm not going to disagree with you on that. But it's not like North Carolina did anything to help themselves either. Like now, here's, I mean, it's here's, hard when like three or four calls like that go against you where well, I'm like, whew. I'm keeping the same energy I would when we talk about NC State having calls that's go fair. against them. I keep the same energy when North Carolina has calls that go against them. And Mac Brown was understandably frustrated and he had some real Southern charm. It was very bless your heart type stuff from Mac Brown when asked about the officiating and some calls and the replays and everything else. But but I'm going to go bless your heart on why are you calling why are you going for a two point conversion late in the fourth quarter when you're down 11 to get you to nine? What exactly does that accomplish? It's still a two score game. What is it about the consistent procedural penalties that either hurt you or help them in the case of Clemson and extending drives and things like that? Whether it's a Cedric Dre, you know, roughing the passer, which I know Mac Brown was not happy about. Whether it that was, was the, one of those calls where I was one like, of those calls. <laughs> There, and then there was the horse collar, too. So there was all sorts of things that were going on that that North Carolina doesn't help itself. And also, football's stupid. Like all sports, football is stupid. You're telling me that Amarian Hampton, who's had an incredible season this year, is going to fumble not once, but twice in the red zone when he hasn't lost a fumble all year, and yet still put up 178 yards on the ground and still kept him in that game? So they should have been up 21 nothing. North Carolina should have been up 21 nothing, but they weren't. And then making matters worse, North Carolina's offensive line issues uh, ended up coming up and Drake may was under constant duress in the second half and Clemson's got a top five yeah. defense. And eventually that was going to catch up the, to him. And there's your ball. Game. The game was decided when Nate Wiggins hustled down the field, walked down Hampton at the one inch yard line or whatever that was pops that ball free. I don't really call that a fumble. I call that more of That's a, play a play by Wiggins. Yeah, you're right. And if he scores there, again, if he just reaches that ball mm-hmm. out and scores there, it's 14, nothing. And the way that Clemson's offense operates, the game is actually over right there. Yeah. And this gets back to though the the is Carolina. Did you think Carolina would be mentally strong enough to go to Death Valley and beat Clemson? No. Even this very pedestrian Clemson no. team. No. Probably not. Then you add in the calls in that in the game. And quite frankly, the game it, it was over by halftime. The game was over by halftime. Yeah. And going to Death Valley, to your point with the home cooking, which I think most people will not in agreement. And this is not about trying to, you know, 
absolve North Carolina of their, of their issues, as I tried to illustrate earlier. I think a lot of teams, including NC State, have gone down to Death Valley knowing full damn well how that's going to play out, right? And North Carolina season was not made or made or broken in Death Valley. A lot of teams no. go down there and no. they lose. There's no shame in that. The real issue is what happened against Georgia Tech. The real issue is what happened against Virginia. We're talking about North Carolina season completely different, even if they don't make the ACC championship game, if they don't lose those two games. But those two games are illustrative of where this Mac Brown 2.0 has been in five years. A team that cannot be trusted, a team that makes mental mistakes, a team that will make it harder than it needs to be for their for themselves, all while having this all-world talent at quarterback, the most important position in college football. And we talk about how we got here. I know that most North Carolina fans are going to tell us if they haven't already. Yeah. NC state's going to win this game on Saturday. I don't know. Like I I really don't know, but if I had to pick a team, I would go with the squad that is confident. I would go with the squad that has the chip on their shoulder. And I would go with the squad that has a coach who usually has his team ready to go for this game in particular. I know we made jokes about, how can Dave Dorn find the next slight to motivate his team? But you've pointed this out several times. When it comes to North Carolina, Dave Dorn has that special sauce. You can, I can roll my eyes about hand in the dirt and you know what we are as a blue-collar team and all this other stuff while I go fly fishing out in Montana in my very expensive truck. But the point is, that's the stuff that works for NC State. NC State has an identity. What is North Carolina's identity going into this game at 8-3? and three? I don't know. I really don't know. Do you know? Carolina is still the more talented team. Yes. Carolina is still the team that I think can win this game on Saturday night in Raleigh because they haven't played their Super Bowl yet. Unless you count the Miami game. The Duke game? Back when it was 6-0. No, because there was too many mistakes in that game for it to be like the... My idea of Super Bowl is it lines up for you. You play your best game. You put your best foot forward. You show everybody this is what we are at our best. Honestly... I don't think we've, and, and if we, if it wasn't the Miami game, maybe it was the Syracuse game because there are years where you waste your fastball mm-hmm. in a game where you don't need it. I think it was the Miami game. But it's still in the holster for them. I, I, anything can happen in this game. But I, here, I, there is not one thing about this game that would surprise me. No, I'm, I'm not with, one. I'm with you on that, but I don't think this is ever North Carolina Super Bowl. It might be for the fans. I think the fans have now gone to, damn it, now it's all about the NC State game. I don't think it's right. ever the Super Bowl for but that's, UNC. That's a traditional definition of Super Bowl. Let, let me ask you something then. If, if NC State doesn't win this football game, is their season still a success? Yeah, I would say so. If they go eight and four and don't win this football game. Yeah, I would I would say yes. It is it's I, I would still say it's a successful season for a variety of reasons. They're, they're like, well, I, to I'm be threads. clear though, to be clear though, they needed state needed to win this game last year to make their season a success. Yes. They were eight and four last year, but they won this game. With their uh, with Ben Finley and it became a success, right? It Here's, saved the season. If actually, you will. I actually think the Virginia Tech game this weekend is the game that solidified whether this was going to be a success or I not. I totally agree. And the reason why I say that and why I did not hesitate in this existential dread question about NC State football, yeah, it's because of the context. After they beat Virginia Tech on Saturday, I floated out the idea that hey, you know, Dave Dorn is not going to win ACC Coach of the Year. That's going to go to Jeff Brom, and rightfully so. However, we might have a new leader in the this is Dave Doran's best coaching job since he's been here, dot, dot, dot. You like to point out the pandemic season. I was Because of all the other 
factors. Yes. I was in agreement with you on that one, but you throw in those factors for this year. And I would say this might actually top it. I don't care about the schedule. I know people hold, they beat VMI, they beat UConn, they beat Marshall. Sure. That's not the point. The point is that where they were post Duke game, four and three and completely lost. After the Duke game, we spent time here talking about, you know, trying to un- like explain why Dave Dorn's in the Herb Sendex zone. Mm-hmm. People have made up their mind on him, and all they're doing is they're using the latest data to bolster their points. And the latest points were, this is why in year 11, this guy wasn't the right guy, blah, 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 blah. So you could have easily gone off the rails there. Oh, my gosh. Easily gone off the rails there. But they found a way. They retooled. You'd like to point out that they fixed the mistakes, mm-hmm. just fixed the mistakes, especially defensively. And they've been a completely different team defensively. And all they needed out of the offense was to keep things simple. Don't screw stay up. Stay on schedule too. Which this is M- a team that has to stay on schedule. Which MJ Morris did a pretty good job of. Yeah. But here's where we get to the layers. Here's where we get to the factors. MJ Morris deciding, hey man, I helped you guys uh, write the ship three and one since I was a starter. But you know, I'm thinking about my eligibility. I'm thinking about NIL. Et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know, and credit to NC State, they let the family do most of the talking and they've kind of kept it. Mm-hmm. And that's the right play, by the way. And you're going, oh crap, we got to go back to Brennan Armstrong, somebody who we booed at at the at the earlier point in the season when things were looking ugly. And to borrow a phrase from his teammates, Brennan Armstrong has been a grown ass man in coming back there. And I think NC State's identity also picked up after that. Like, oh, you're done. You think the season's over? No, it's not over. Right. And they found ways to beat a bad Wake Forest team, which fine. Dominated them. Dominated them. them. Dominated them. And then against a frisky Virginia Tech squad in Blacksburg, when most people thought, oh, you had that bounce from Brennan Armstrong. No, it was more the same. It was Brennan Armstrong kept things simple. They got the lead where they needed and let the defense do the rest. It got a little, like a little hairy there down at, at the end of the game. But honestly, NC State's identity is very, very easy to understand. And that's why I give them an edge this Saturday against North Carolina. And I've been quick and rightfully so to criticize Robert and I yeah. this year. Yeah. I thought he was very creative mm-hmm. on Saturday. We saw some of his best work with Kevin Concepcion. Uh, there is some concern that Brendan Armstrong got hurt yeah, at I the end that. of this game. And again, I, I, it's just weird to me because, you know, we, we both went to state. We graduated from state. I graduated from state in 97. So I did not see NC state beat Carolina mm-hmm. in the entirety of the time that I was in school. Right. So that game became, oh my gosh, you you have to beat Carolina. That's all it's about is beating Carolina. Yeah. And, and I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say that most seasons aren't about beating Carolina, but I think this is the rare season, if not the exception of every year since 93, where I would say to you, if they lose to Carolina on Saturday night, I don't think it, I don't think it makes or breaks their season. I'm with you on that. I am with you on that. Uh, a couple of other items. Um, this is Dave Doran. Players making plays, having fun, want to be on the field, helping their brothers win. Coaches finding a way to get the best players out there to make things happen. And, you know, I'm very proud of those guys, and it's fun to see it. You know, I mean, uh, Isaiah Shirley's been on the scout team for most of the year, but he's been making life hell on our offense. So I was like, you know what, why don't you go make someone else's life hell <laughs> for a day? And uh, so proud of him and happy for him. I look at it as putting the pieces in the right place, you know, and scared money doesn't make money. And so... To me, it's some of these other guys are on film not getting it done, and like we can keep doing that, and that's the definition of insanity, repeating something, hoping it gets better, right? And Or we can put someone else in there and see if they can do it. And so that's what we've done, and to our players' credit, you know, they want to just play. They don't care what position they play. They just want to get out there and play, and I love that about it. 
Well, he didn't do it right, but that's it's fine. fine. He paraphrased. It's fine. Great moments in NC State history. Pam Barber behind press row when NC State was losing to NC Central. Her son, Cat, Cat be Cat on the bench. Tyler Lewis on the floor. Uh-huh. She was screaming, screaming at the got man. Mm-hmm. Scared money don't make no money. That's when everyone on press, back when they had a press row, you turned around and you were like, who is this five foot three hundred pound woman absolutely unleashing fury on <laughs> scared money don't make no money but i brought this up because it does illustrate where these two teams are right now at this point in the season nc state went to the technically at the same point by the way yes they went into the scared money don't make no money mode and it's like what are we gonna do are we going to feel sorry for ourselves or are we going to go out there? And we're going to try to put the hammer down, which is what they've done. So credit to NC state. Whereas North Carolina has gone in the opposite direction to tie this all back together. And the other thing that I do not like is the Streisand effect that apparently was set in motion this past week. I think it was on Friday by Mac Brown's guy, Jeremy Sharp. He is the SID for Carolina football. Okay. If you want to get to Mac, you go through Jeremy. That's how it is. Uh, you know, again, it's, it's, it's like, Everybody in everybody at every school has this particular guy that is the guy for the guy. Okay. And I want to be abundantly clear about something when it comes to Mac Brown. Nobody's saying he's going to retire. We're simply saying we can see him retiring after this year. Okay. Nobody's starting rumors that he's going to retire. We're just reading the room looking at where North Carolina's program is, looking where Mac Brown is, looking what's going forward. And it's kind of like a, yeah, I could see it. I mean, he has a decision to make. He's 72 yes. years old. He does. You have a new quarterback com- situation coming in and you have a new reality to college football uh, mm-hmm. as well, by the way. it's the, And a new league, essentially, with these new teams coming in as well. And it's a decision that has to be made fairly soon after this game because sure. we know the early signing period has completely changed how we go about college football hiring cycles. There's a reason why Jimbo Fisher got fired when he got fired. There's a reason why Dino Babers got fired this past weekend because they have to start moving now because of the early signing period. It's a rush once the end of the season happens. So I want to be clear when it comes to the Mac Brown stuff. And I'm not the only one who's asked this question. I know it's been floating around everywhere. But again, it's just a conversation. Nobody's saying he's going to do it. But Jeremy decided to go Streisand effect by calling up Brett McMurphy of uh, what, what is it? Uh, stadium and various other Impressive places. Action. Yeah. Is it action that we're down? That's mm-hmm. right. The Mac is back in 2024. UNC spokesman, Jeremy Sharp quote, it's that time of the year. So someone's going to start this rumor in hopes of affecting our team or recruiting like they've done the past two years. Mac is full steam ahead. In fact, he already has spring practice planned and is currently setting up recruiting visits for December. So no, he's not retiring. Again, that's a Streisand effect situation. Nobody was actually asking Mac Brown if he was going to retire. It was simply going, yeah, I could see it. And that's where we are. I mean, the way that he was emotional. Yeah. Mac Brown hasn't lost to Duke since 1989. Right. Like of all the teams to beat for you to be emotional. Right. That's all. That's That's not one of them. That's all it is. And when you, when you put it out there like that, it only leads to more questions as to whether it's going to happen or not. And when it does, or if it does, I'll be curious yeah, to see well, what's changed. Also, kind of attitude. you know, let, let's 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 be fair and, and honest here too, mm-hmm. right? Like Jeremy certainly wants Mac to be back because his employment is tied to Mac. Well, sure, okay, that that's number one. 
Does Carolina want Mac back? I don't think so. Because again, at 72 years old, it's not the same as being 62 or 52. No. And you, you are Carolina. All right. And, and Bubba Cunningham is really, really smart. Mm-hmm. And here's a guy who could go out and get a really, really good coach or, in the situation that they're in. By the way, who just won a national championship at Carolina. Oh, a 23-year-old coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, what I'm getting at is this is Carolina's Mac is kind of acting like it's Mac's call. Might not be. It might not be Mac's call. But again, it could all be a question, right? Mm-hmm. It, and that's all we're posing here in terms of, do you want to do this anymore? That's, that's is, a valid that, question. That's part of it. That is man. a valid question. That is an absolutely valid because, question. you know, I loved having Sam Howell and going to get him and, and mm-hmm. have a new life, right? When they came in and what he did to add to this program. And then you knew Drake may based on his family. Like if nothing else, you knew this guy's going to be a gamer. Yeah. I mean, you might not have known he was a top five pick in the NFL draft. What do you got next? You don't know. Don't know. Housekeeping. It is Thanksgiving week. We know day after Thanksgiving, black Friday, everybody's got deals. You know, you can save money on buying a, an Ovis and Julio t-shirt or hoodie. In fact, breakingtea.com is going to have a hoodie sale. So go to breakingtea.com right now. Go to breakingtea.com slash OG if you want to go directly to our stuff and uh, take advantage of the hoodie sale for this week and all Black Friday deals at breakingtea.com. If you don't want some of our merch, you can get some Canes merch too. Now, this is one of our tees, the bad for ratings tees, but they got so many Canes tees as you get ready for the this very interesting run for the Carolina Hurricanes and getting ready for the playoffs and everything else. So head on over to breakingtea.com and take advantage of that. And also, I want to I want to thank our listeners for for a variety of reasons. Okay, uh, one y'all been doing awesome by giving us the five stars on your favorite podcast platform. Y'all been leaving reviews, which I truly appreciate. Comments have seen an uptick on YouTube again. Greatly appreciate that too. And I love people who are willing to actually come up and say, "Hey, one of my biggest pet peeves is you and I might be out and about somewhere." Mm-hmm. And then later we get somebody on social media saying, hey, I thought I saw you at such and such. Didn't want to say anything. Nah, come say, hey, it's all good. We'll, we'll, we'll chop it up, which is why I want to give a big thanks to Alan. I went to Roanoke, Virginia this weekend, Joe. Mm-hmm. I pulled the double, by the way. Uh, went to the Raleigh Christmas Parade in the morning. to go. Was Enlo Band in it before yes. I roll my eyes? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. That's why I was there. Okay. I went to watch Caleb. <laughs> I, I was literally I was, there. I was, I was literally like, at the start. Let me save myself in real time. Now, I was literally there in the start, right? Uh, and, you know, watched Caleb come through with the Enlo marching band. Saw him, took, a pic, took some video, took a picture. And then I'm like, I looked at Jacob and I said, all right, man, let's go. We got in the car and then we were off to Roanoke. And as I get to the arena, uh, Lancer lot, which is where Virginia Tech hockey actually plays here a guy in the parking lot say joe Ovius. i was like oh okay what's going on and it was alan alan's a listener in roanoke who makes his way down here often to go watch the carolina hurricane so he you know and coming down here a lot he'd listen on the radio and now he's following on the podcast and he wore a virginia shirt just for you joe <laughs> just for you he's like yeah yeah julio and julio will appreciate the virginia shirt so i took a selfie with him i had some stickers in the car gave him one of the stickers so Again, come say, hey, I don't know. I might have a sticker on me and uh, we'll chop it up and have a good time. So big thanks to Alan for coming and saying, hey, Uh, big thanks to Matt Davis over at State Farm for sponsoring Obies and Jillio. Check them out. InsureGarner.com, the OG insurance.com or call them directly at 919-779-8277. I think I've seen some 
uh, insurance quotes or some reviews for Matt Davis as we get to that Black Friday deal? Yeah, if you would like to go see knock going to Cameron Indoor Stadium off of your bucket list, that's Friday. Mm-hmm. You can win those tickets right here on this program tomorrow. All you have to do is show us a quote from Matt Davis and Garner State Farm Insurance. Or leave, if you are already a customer, leave a five-star review and you can win those tickets to go see Duke at Cameron on Friday. I mean, they're going to pound Southern Indiana, but you're there for the for that World War II heat and mm-hmm. you're there for that the experience to see Duke play in the, the iconic stadium. Also, thanks to Homefield Apparel for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. Check them out, homefieldapparel.com. My dad's Christmas gift arrived. It did? It did arrive. Already? Already. Quick shipping, baby. Wow. Let's go. Uh, and- oh, but yours was not in there because they sent me a letter. Uh, there was only one thing in there, right? Yeah, it was just one thing. Okay. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be fully transparent here. They sent me a note. Yeah. And I had no idea what was going on. They sent me a note. They said, here is a code for you to use because we screwed up. Mm. Just so you know, we take this very seriously. Oh, customer service. We screw up. Yep. And they sent me a code to save money because your big four Wake Forest champions shirt, <laughs> they are out of. They're out of it. So it's done? Yeah, they don't have it anymore. Oh, man. So, But they sent me a, an email like immediately yeah. that said, since we don't have this, here's a code. Okay. You use this code. You could stack it with other codes. But I was like, at first I was very confused because mm-hmm. obviously we it was an OG media purchase and I sent it to your house and this whole thing, but it's it's on my uh, email account. I got you. When they sent me the email, I was like, what is this all about? Like, like, what's happening? Did they, did they like, you know, abduct one of my children? Like they were <laughs> apologizing profusely. That's customer service. I mean, I was like, wow, love that impressive. Absolutely love that. So big thanks to home field. Use it. If you have not gone to homefieldapparel.com, use the promo code OG 23 to save 15% off your order. And then uh, more deals will be on your way. We do have an ACC championship game. We've got Florida State taking on Louisville. Louisville took care of business. So all your tiebreaker situations are out the window. Thank goodness. Right. So we got Florida State and we got Louisville. However, it's not the matchup we thought we were going to have because Jordan Travis had a just oh. a just a tough man. Your reminder, this is a violent game. Sucks. Your reminder, this is gruesome. So here's the thing about Florida State. They're going to get leapt over. By Washington. By somebody. No, I think it's going to be Washington. By somebody. Washington, I think, has had... Who do you think it's going to be? Oh, wait. Now, I thought of this. I thought of this. Yeah. This is something that I've always admired about you. Being in the business that you were in. Yeah. You never got into the doomsday what-if scenarios. Oh, no. That was never your thing. I hated it. you always said, like, (laughs) you get... And you would always, like, specifically tell me. You get yourself so worked up about something that's not over something happen. that's not going to happen. happen. When I saw Travis get hurt yeah. against North Alabama, by the way, a three-win FCS team, I'm sitting here going, "Oh no, they're going to find a way to put Ohio State in." And then, no, here's the worst. No, 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 no. You ready for the worst case? Are you ready? Alabama beats Georgia. Yeah. Now you have two one-loss SEC yeah. teams. You know they can't resist. They can't resist that Alabama and Georgia. Yeah. So then you'd have the Big Ten winner, the Pac-12 winner, because I do think the Pac-12 winner, I assuming agree. it's clean, because that might not be clean either. No. Because if Oregon wins that rematch, what do you do with those two teams? I think they get knocked out. 
I hope not, because I, I feel like that conference should be rewarded. So you had put the yellow pad stat up about unbeaten Power Five teams making the college football. There's playoff. been twelve. Yeah, all twelve have made. Okay, <laughs> all twelve of them. Which is why I think. <laughs> which is why I think the Florida State doomsday scenario is premature. Oh, okay. It's premature. Now it's like again, it's here, Joe. It's here. No, it's not. Let's play this out. Washington will rightfully jump over Florida State on Tuesday. Washington has a better resume after their most recent win to jump over Florida okay. State. Now winning know, at Oregon State. Now Florida State is fans are going to be like, "Oh, you're going to you're going to punish us for the injury of Jordan Travis." Uh, I'm, I can't dismiss that. I think they will. I can't. You're right. I can't dismiss I that. They will. However, Florida State does have games on their schedule that will leave the committee no choice but to include them if they do win out. Regardless of Jordan Travis, you got Florida this week. Florida, who's bad? Don't care. It's an SEC team. And then a one loss, well, provided provided Louisville doesn't lose to Kentucky. Now I'm, I was going to say, now do you, I'm doing do you want this. me to do it? Now do you I'm want me to do it? Now, damn it. Florida State's success might be dependent on Louisville beating Kentucky. Think about that for a second. All I'm saying is if Florida State takes care of business against Florida and beats Louisville in the ACC championship game and Louisville goes in as a one-loss team, Florida State will be fine. They'll be fine. I'm not worried about it. Not worried Do you know who it. has a bigger inferiority complex than NC State? Do you like know like there's like five hand, fan bases in the Florida world? Florida State is one of them. Florida State is one of them. <laughs> they are absolutely going to get the screws on this one. You can see it coming. Every time we talk about college football, it's brought to you by Wings Over. Check them out in downtown Raleigh off of Hillsborough Street, in Chapel Hill as well, and in Greenville. Maybe you don't feel like having leftover turkey. After a while, you get sick of it. You know what you can do? Go get wings instead. Head on over to Wings Over. It'll feed the entire family. And I've had some people tweet at us like, hey, first time at Wings Over, delivers. First time at Wings Over, y'all need to talk about the waffle fries more often. You're right, we do. So head on over to Wings Over. And uh, when you order ahead, when you schedule, it's on time. This this matters. I, I got my favorite tweet ever, though, this week from about Wings Over. Yeah. Are you ready? Let's go. Because I, I sell this to people when we talk about advertising. Mm-hmm. I tell them, look, man, I, I can't promise you that like right away you're going to get up someone to come to your store and be like, yeah, man, I'm here because of the OG. Yeah. But I promise you, we will stand to this thing. And over time, somebody will come to your store and be like, bye, Menon, because we say these things over and over again that finally you're like, okay, so here's Vernon Turner, our friend, meteorologist, finally got a chance to try wings uh, over Raleigh with Jasmine Rose, of course. Good wings. Shout out to Joe Ovius and Joe Giglio. After 100 shows of them talking about these wings, <laughs> we definitely enjoyed. And all like I said that to Ryan. Love it. And I said, Costanza. Now, speaking of 100 shows, I feel like we've done more than 100 shows arguing about the Atlantic Division and the Coastal Division. Uh, are we Division. doing this right now? I'll do it real quick. You don't want the brown little lady for this? Uh, Tomorrow? Well, no, we can because I feel like th- there's a there's a there's a segment I scrapped from last week because it was the reduced. yelling at me. Yeah, it was reduced to yelling and you doing your high-pitched laugh. <laughs> so it's just like, no. Like, this is a terrible segment. I scrapped it. So you put up the Neo-Atlantic yellow pad in actual digital form mm-hmm. uh, over the weekend. There was too much math involved. There, there was a lot of math. So explain this chart to me. All right. So this is just a straight-up strength of schedule. This is the opponent's record, combined opponent's record that the teams have played mm-hmm. in the ACC this year, their conference record. 
So the team that has played the toughest schedule this year is Miami. Yeah. Because their opponent's record is 38 and 22. Mm -hmm. Miami, as you know, played Louisville. Miami, as you know, played Florida State. Miami, as you know, played the next two teams in the standings, which are Georgia Tech and NC State. Yeah. So Miami played every good team in, in, in the ACC this year. That's significant that their their opponent's record is 38 and 22. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, look at Florida State's. Now I get it. Florida State can't play Florida State. 20 and 37 are their opponents combined record Florida State. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Okay, so let's let's put a pin in this. Okay. Okay, because you're right. I mean, you can't deny that Louisville had a schedule that was beneficial to them. Yes. As opposed to say Duke had a really that, tough schedule. That everyone knew yeah, got Louisville it. would have a schedule. Yeah, which is why they were like a Vegas favorite, but the media didn't exactly follow suit. Yeah. And credit to Louisville well, for the, the voters. Let's not call them media. Okay, fair point. The, and, but Louisville had to go out and do it. They did. They, like, it's not as easy as you make it out to be. You got to go out there and do it. Right. So props to Louisville for actually going out there and doing it. But we have to put a pin in that. Because Sean Clark, head coach at App State, is going to join us now on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline uh, after coming off a huge win, a huge win against JMU. Coach Clark, how are you? Doing great, guys. Saying, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, I listened to you guys talk about wings a second ago. I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> well, we got to talk to Ryan about getting a wings over out in Boone. That would be uh, that would be the next step. Perfect. Right. Let's let's make that happen. Uh, and Joe, you know, look, man, Joe and I are just a couple of dudes, you know, 40 something dudes on on a podcast talking about schedules and just go out and beat this schedule and go out and do this. And yada, yada, yada. In college football, we tend to forget you know, games happen. Funny things happen. And everybody's talking about JMU. And are they going to be in a bowl, you know, a New Year's bowl game? But you still got to play App State. And you have been preaching all season long. We're a couple plays away. We're there. We're close. We're almost there. You guys have absolutely transformed defensively, and I feel like that really did pay off in this overtime win against JMU. It did. Uh, we we did after the, I think it was after the um, Coastal Carolina game. We came in as a staff, and, and we we put all of our all of our coins on the table and played Texas Hold'em, and we went to get our best uh, players on the field, and it's paying off for us. Uh, you look at the fourth quarter of uh, Southern Miss, and you go to the next four games. Uh, our defense has been playing uh, lights out. And a lot of credit goes to our players and our coaches for getting that done. So, um, again, it's, it's part of the season right now, and uh, everyone's fighting for um, postseason play, and and we're right in the thick of things. Coach, do you, do you want me to admit something to you about gambling right now, or are you uneasy about those things? <laughs> no, nah, you go ahead. Okay. The second I saw that game day was at James Madison, and the second I saw the line in your game, I was like, oh, no, sir. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> You do not out game day app state. Oh no, not, not in the Sun Belt. I knew you would not let James Madison steal your steez. So congratulations. And thanks to you. I appreciate that. Um, your quarterback though. I love an origin story. Please tell me how you found a guy from something called Diablo Valley <laughs> community college. Well, we, we didn't know anything about him, to be honest with you, till late in the recruiting process. And Frank Ponce, who now is our offensive coordinator, was at Miami. And he he called last week of the season and said, listen, there's a kid out in California that we're recruiting. Uh, I'm not, we're not sure if we're going to go on him. So you, you might want to check him out. So uh, Kevin Barbet at the time uh, watched him. And we played our last game. And the next day, we we're on a plane to California. So uh, we went out there to see him on like a, a Tuesday. And he was on an official visit on Friday. 
and he committed the following Wednesday. So it, it was a quick turnaround trying to, it was like speed dating, trying to get talk to his parents and talk to him and, and sell our program. So uh, again, we're very fortunate, very happy. Joey's a mountaineer and, and he's, um, he's, he's shown what we thought he was. And there was a true quarterback competition for all through spring and through fall camp with Ryan Berger and Joey. And, and at the time, Ryan uh, outplayed in the last, the last scrimmage. And um, as fate has it, uh, Ryan gets hurt on the third play of the game and Joey comes in throws a touchdown on his first play of college football yeah I mean at the risk of being that guy because I hate it when people do that you could just tell the way he carries himself there's there's a moxie there there's a there's a there's an it there I know we're not allowed to say such things in in the analytical age but it just feels like he, he's got a way to him he does. And as he's been good for me, uh, you know, I'm an, I'm an offensive line coach at heart and mm-hmm. you know, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. Uh, as everybody well knows, but, um, it doesn't matter with Joey. Um, if he throws a, a, a touchdown or an interception, he's the same, same kid. Uh, and he's, it doesn't, uh, nothing phases Joey. That's, that's California cool Joey right there for you. Nothing, nothing phases him. And he's been good for myself and for our whole football program. So speaking of not uh, getting phased by things, how do you look big emotional win against JMU uh, gets you guys uh, back in that news cycle and App state loves to be in that news cycle, but the season's not over the, the, the winning the division and getting to the Sunbelt Sunbelt championship is not a given at this point. So how do you, what's the message to the team this week as you're wrapping things up? I think our, our whole team has been a one no mentality. We tell our team, no matter what, after a big win or a tough loss, it's 24-hour rule. So we came back in yesterday and uh, watched the tape, has a quick practice, and we moved on. And you have to, especially in the Sun Belt. And uh, the good thing uh, is we play um, – a rivalry game. This is Georgia Southern week. And it, to me, this is one of the best rivalries in college football. I put it up there with uh, North Carolina, North Carolina State, uh, Florida, Georgia, uh, Auburn, Alabama, and uh, two great programs that play at the end of the season. So we're fortunate enough. It's at home. It's supposed to be a typical boon day, mm-hmm. rain, cold, wind. So we hope we all, we get all three of those. That's football weather, though, Coach. Come on now. That's right. But the older you get, you like those nice sunny days. <laughs> All right, well, we were having this conversation actually about the state and Carolina game. And, and when does somebody consider a season a success? You're seven and four. You have a chance to play in your conference championship. Like now you're playing a rival game. You've obviously played already Carolina this year. You played ECU this year. How do you kind of view how this season has gone? I know, I know there's still some time left here, but how, how do you kind of view those kind of existential type questions? Well, it's every, this is a result oriented world we live in right now. And people forget there's a process to things. And we knew coming in, and we lost uh, three draft picks last yeah. year. And we lost our, our one of our players went to Auburn. Uh, our defensive end, Joe McLeod, went to Auburn. And then we had another kid go to Oklahoma. So we had some rebuilding to do. Um, I re- we, we had to reset our, our stuff. Last year wasn't a six and six record. It's not what we, what we intend to do. So we had to re- push the reset button. And uh, our kids came back ready to work. But, you know, anytime for, it absolutely state you you come here to play for championships and 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 that's we we make no no bones about it and again um our players have fought their tails off to put us in position nothing's guaranteed we have to win this week and have some help along the way but uh we're right in the thick of things and you know people remember november and uh they're talking about app state again yeah people people will remember november although i feel like with with app state september is the thing that now anybody ever wants to talk about i don't think you've played a normal game in september uh, but I'm sure you'd rather have what's happening now than some of the ups and downs that you've had in September the last couple of years. I mean, there's been some great highs in September. Don't get me wrong. 
No, we've had, I've had the highest of highs and the lowest of lows as a head football coach. But uh, you want to play your best football at the end of the season, and and we were very close along the way. And I've told everyone that this team this team is very special, and we have a very good football team. And people thought I was crazy when I said that, mm-hmm. uh, losing to Coastal and losing to uh, Wyoming, some tough games that, that we should have won. It should have, could have, would have. We didn't make the plays to to win the football game, and they did. So um, just again, we we have our mantra: just keep digging around here. And and this is a great life lesson for all. Of us, man. There's ups and downs and absent flows throughout life, and there is on football. And our kids have been resilient. They come to work every single day, and they play for one another. And it's interesting you bring that up because you're not you're not alone. Joe and I have spent a good chunk of time this year uh, responding to coaches in post game press conferences who have talked about or leading into games talking about, hey, we're just a couple plays away. You know, Dabo is <laughs> Dabo is very famous this year for saying, hey. You know, if you do X, Y, Z, we're an undefeated team going to this game. Mac Brown has spent some time talking about, hey, we're just a couple of plays away from being being here. And from our perspective, from where we're at, we we just go, that's that's ifs and buts and candies and nuts and things like that. But from a coaching's perspective, to get to the room, how much of that really is for the players to just keep, like you say, keep digging and then for to buy that and not roll their eyes like some fans might do. No, I think we do a really good job as a staff. We show our players those kind of plays. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if, uh, if if it's a coverage or if it's one block here or a drop pass or what it may be that, you know, in today's world, you get to show kids. You can't tell them. And just because I said so, you, they have to show it. I mean, we live in a social media world where um, they're on their phones all the time. So uh, Sundays when we have team meetings, we show those kind of plays and uh, the good and the bad and the ugly. And and, and I think the one thing that, that we have to do as coaches to be is to be truthful with our players and if you ask any of our players uh, i'm probably too honest with our team sometimes uh, you like to play the opposite card but again that's just who i am i think that's that the kids today they, they need to know those things and show them uh, how you win how you finish games and our kids responded very well this year a lot of talk last week about james madison and the transition and not being eligible for the postseason would you like to see that rule changed yeah, that's a way, way above, my, above my pay scale. But, you know, the only people that get really affected are the kids. We have a bunch of adults making decisions that mm-hmm. uh, really don't put the kids uh, first. And uh, it's unfortunate that the, those are the rules, but uh, that's the rules they signed up when they went to, from FCS to Division One. Well, you had to go through that, too. We did. Uh, we did. We didn't have as uh, much success as James Madison has, but sure. you know they were they were set up for success. If you go look at their program, they were at the highest of FCS level, like we were at the time as well. And uh, with the transfer portal, uh, you can you can get quick, uh, get uh, really good, really fast. Mm-hmm. And uh, they went out and got some difference makers. They had great players to begin with, but they went out and got some guys that that um, really took their program from a. a one of the top FCS programs in the country to now a uh, top 25 program. Speaking of, of difference makers, maybe I'm, maybe I'm misunderstanding something. Uh, Armonte Edwards is being honored at halftime this weekend. He, he so, is one of the greatest I, players ever in well, the history of that right, state. So it's, it's 2023. What took so long? I tell you, you have to talk to the administration about that. He was, he's always been retired in my book. Uh, <laughs> went back and, and watched him. What are the uh, all but, players, man? Yeah, and we have a kid right now. Kanye Roberts is wearing fourteen. Uh, once he once he finishes out his career, uh, that number will never be worn again in absolute history. And again, uh, and he deserves it. I mean, you look, you think of Appalachian State, you think of Armani Edwards, Dexter Coakley, uh, those kind of uh, players went and played the National Football League and have great careers. But uh, he put him himself and Coach Moore uh, put App State on a national stage with some big wins. 
Um, Streezy probably hasn't explained the irate Jillio conference to you yet. Uh, my hopes of getting all of the angry teams together in, in one spot. Wait, does Coach Clark know Brett Strilo's nickname that we gave him? What do you what do you the, call what, what do you call Brett Strilo? Just Chuck giggles. All he does is giggle all the time. <laughs> well, that's true. Giggles may not have explained to you <laughs> no, 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 that no. there there's an irate Jillio conference. But I saw the news that you guys are going to play Charlotte in Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium coming up. I, I think that's awesome. No, it's great. I think it's, uh, we should go back and look at this. I think all of our in-state schools should play each other. I'm a really? big advocate of that. I mean, I, like the, the Elons. That, yeah. <laughs> and just, we should keep the money in the state. We played East Carolina down there on a Thursday night, and mm-hmm. it was almost 40,000 um, people there to kick off college football in, in 2021. So um, I would like to play all of our non-conference. There's no reason we should be getting on a plane, traveling to Wyoming for a, non- for a non-conference game. We could uh, bring Elon or we could travel to NC State or North Carolina and, and fill stadiums. And you, you guys know at Nation, they'll, they'll show up. So wherever we go to, uh, it's going to be a sold-out crowd. Are you going to um, go sleeveless for that game? I'll probably go sleeveless and, and cut my polo. Have a gun gun show off. Let's go. (laughs) Yes. Who needs mayonnaise when you guys just go out there and flex? That's what it's all about. Coach, we appreciate the time. Congrats on the win. I know the season's not over. You got big things to play for this weekend. Obviously, against a rivalry game. Should be a great atmosphere, too, with Armonte Edwards. Uh, And good to catch up with you. It's not. We're not just talking to you in September. We want to make sure we're talking to you in November, too. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, whenever I can be on your show, let me know. Again, big thanks to uh, Sean Clark for hanging out with us here on Ovi's and Julia. One other note, uh, because I do love that coaches have absolutely embraced social media. They've embraced almost a wrestling-like quality. Uh, and this was Sean Clark after winning, uh, after beating Jay. Got on. Got hat. I love it. And this is why the players buy in, man. This is why the players buy in. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves that we're just the old curmudgeons. Yeah, it's not about us. It's not about <laughs> us, man. It's it's absolutely not about us. But now we're going to go back to something about us. Okay. And, me, and this Atlantic Division stuff. We'll pick up where we left off before we say hey to Sean Clark. <sighs> to, I'm not going to disagree with you that schedules matter. Like, how am I going to argue against that? I don't know. You can't. Okay. All right. However, um, I, I need to, this is a, this Atlantic stuff is an NC state creation. It's an NC state creation. And because you've spent so much time around NC state <laughs> and you still do, I feel like you've kind of picking up this mantle to, to drive home this point about the Atlantic and the coastal and how, if I want to go full wrestling promo, hard times for the Wolfpack. Because the Wolfpack, as you know, not for soft people. And the Atlantic Division, clearly not for soft football teams. Totally get that. But here's the thing. What is Dave Dorn? What is Dave Dorn's record against coastal teams since he got here in 2013? He's 13-12 and 12, if you don't include this year. Okay. Let's strip North Carolina which, out of it, which means he, stri- which means he yeah. has a better record against coastal teams than he does against Atlantic. Okay, okay. but here's the thing: if you the just, coastal, just if, so you know, if, but if the coastal's you know this trashy 
uh, trashy conference, right? Why does he have a losing record against teams not named North Carolina out of the coastal? Because I want to take North Carolina so seven out. and eight. I want to take North Carolina, Carolina out. Okay. Because I think Carolina is too easy. You know, you play them every year. It's a rivalry game. Throw that out. I'm going to go cliche. Throw that out the window. <laughs> okay. But they are seven and eight since 2013 against coastal teams not named UNC. not named UNC and a lot Again, of those, not including anybody this year and yeah. a lot of those losses a lot of those losses are against teams that you go buddy what sure. are you doing a sure. lot of some of those Miami squads like you like to say I'm going to use your own words against you you lost to Manny freaking Diaz not okay good. not great not good um you got Virginia Tech in there that Virginia Tech wasn't really running hot during that time yeah the 15 the Jacoby Brissett yep. Friday night game. You've lost, Regrettable. you lost to Georgia Tech twice in there. You lost to Duke in 13 to start, but he didn't beat anybody in 2013. One of those Georgia Tech teams was good. The other one was not. Yeah, they were 24th. Uh, Georgia Tech was ranked 24th when they lost to the Yellow Jackets. The other team was not, not good. Yeah. No. The bulk of Dave Doran's coastal wins against teams not named North Carolina happened in the pandemic season of 2020 with wins at Pitt, yeah, at four UVA. That year. Yeah, at Pitt, at UVA. Home against Duke, home against Georgia Tech. All right. So I'm simply pointing out. Okay. What? Let's get back to your premise here. You're or you're assigning me the viewpoint that the coastal is crap. I don't think the coastal is crap. I think the coastal was wide open. Sure. Which was proven by the fact that in seven years, mm-hmm. seven different teams sure. won the division. Then in the one year it went away and Notre Dame was an honorary member, even they cool. ended up winning. But so the, the mistake the that you're making is not crap. It's just open. The mistake that you're making is that this is a one for one. That if you put state in that coastal mix, the same things play out. There are certain things you cannot predict, man. Uh, yeah, I know. You but can't predict. Like, let's say, where was Clemson 17. in 2013? Where was Clemson in 2013 when Dave Dorn got? No, 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 you cannot. You absolutely cannot predict who will be the best. My God. Or what will be the best. Like Clemson. Back in 20, went, no, 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 it's not 2013. It's, it's 2004. But I, I want to focus on, I want to fo- Oh, okay. Well, you, you want to bring up Maryland? NC State in Maryland with Russell right. freaking Wilson? Right. Like, come on. Like the opportunity. And that's the thing that always bothers me. It's not like NC State hasn't had opportunities. The opportunities have been there just like it was for Louisville this year. Mm-hmm. And what has NC State done with it? They yeah, shit their pants. You can both things can be true though. The coastal can be open and not as difficult as the path was in the Atlantic. I agree. Where Clemson literally in a five year span lost two football games sure. to the conference. But you couldn't have predicted that. You no, 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 I, I agree you with you. You could not have predicted point. that. I agree with you. Now, how about this? Let, let's use this as a more of a mental exercise. Because okay. going forward, I, I do think there is something to this other than you and I arguing about it. Okay. I I, again, I, I, I maintain I, that this is a complete NC State Debbie Yao creation. Sure. Like we disagree on that. I don't think Louisville sports talk radio was spending a bunch of time going about man. If we just hadn't been in the Atlantic division, but do you know who would have, if, if there were more people who paid attention to them? Yeah. You know, my opinion of Dave Clawson, Mm -hmm. you know, my opinion of Dave Clawson. I think he's the best coach in in college football. And what did they do? Well, from 16 through 19 in those four years, when Mm -hmm. he started getting them going and had lifted himself up from those early years. Right. Yeah. 16 through 19, they went 14 and 18 in the league. You want to bizdelic this thing. Now take out the four losses to Clemson. Our radio people told us that they, you take away those, those runs and we outscored them by 19. Because not only did he lose to Clemson every year in those four years, mm-hmm. they lost the next game. Sure. And that is where I'm trying to get with you with Duke 
this year. Mm -hmm. Duke goes to Florida State, pours that thing out. Yeah. Riley Leonard comes in and plays when he probably shouldn't have played. Yeah. Okay. They lose the game after pouring it out the very next week. Mm -hmm. They have to go on the road and play Louisville. And they played like a team that had poured it out the previous week yeah. and had their guts stomped on and had nothing left to produce. I think that is the constant. To your point, can you predict if Clemson and Florida State would turn into the teams that they were in the 2010s? You cannot, you could not have lucidly predicted that no. in 2004 no. when they made the divisions. But to, to tie this and move this forward, because now you're not, you're going to see a lot more teams and conferences go to divisionless models, mm -hmm. right? If you're Penn State right now, like we could sit here lucidly in, in 2023 oh, and look, say, look who just won their division in the Big Ten. Iowa. Iowa. But I'm saying like we could lucidly say that and, and look team? who they don't play. Sure. But like we could lucidly say it's a good thing mm -hmm. if you are in the Big Ten to not play Ohio State and Michigan on an annual basis. Yeah. That's a good thing for yeah. your program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's the but here's the mistake that we're making. Here's the mistake that we're making. Michigan and Ohio State continue to be perennial college football powerhouses. Ohio State is set up to win all the time. Right. The problem with the the problem with the ACC is that none of these schools in the ACC have that kind of reputation. I mean, they were on that run. Clemson was on that run. To your point, it was not predictable. What I'm saying though is you got to remember when again this I can't hammer this point enough. When Dabo got the job, let's not act like people did not look at that Dabo job. Dabo getting the job and going, man, Clemson's punted. Here comes Clemson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody thought that. Correct. And we got to remember, Clemsoning was still a thing under Dabo up until that point. Okay. And then Florida State obviously has gone through the wilderness and nothing's guaranteed. But like Miami is supposed to be the Ohio State Michigan equivalent. Virginia Tech is supposed to be the Miami Ohio State or the Ohio State Michigan equivalent. But those teams never were. So the ACC, if, if things were going the way they were supposed to go, Coastal, the Coastal Division never spits out seven different division champions. It was supposed to be Miami. It was supposed to be Virginia Tech in the same way that you right. see Michigan and Ohio State. But and then on the flip side, on the Atlantic, too, which they had their ups and downs. Yeah. We remember so, but Boston, I think, Boston College repped, for I, heaven's I, sake, Boston, Boston freaking college repped the Atlantic Division, Joe. I understand that. But I think going forward, the yeah. schedule is going to be the most important part of almost every team that's not named Georgia and cannot, Alabama's schedule. I cannot disagree with you on that. But I think those are two separate conversations. Okay. I think you're trying to use this year to relitigate the classic oh, Atlantic I'm versus I'm Coastal. Just, I'm, po I'm pointing out that this year, so you're you're caught on coastal and, and Atlantic. So are you? No, no. I'm caught on not having to go through the best team. Do I need to for, bring up the tweet with the winky face? Well, that is true, though. Look at look at this year. Look at Louisville. Look yeah, but, but you're using a one year sample, by the way, a one year sample. Well, versus, it's, not, it's not a one year sample. No, it's a, it's a one sample. year sample of this year where Louisville goes. Well, we to only the, we only have one divisionless year. But my point, technically two. The overarching point. Yeah, if you avoid the best teams in the conference, well, guess no. what you're going to get? That's a no shit. The magazine exactly. exclusive. That's why I don't understand why you argue with me about because it. Because that doesn't mean you're going to get there every freaking time. Of course not. And when NC State is makes it an easier, and path. this is why I get back to NC State because this all this is deep seated in all of this is the resentment from NC State fans. You don't think in 2017 that NC State at six and two would have been in the ACC championship game? No. 
No, because NC State has a history of having it there for them, only I'm for something they would yanked. win. They are they I'm are not, Charlie not Brown. Suggesting to you they were going to win. They are you know they mean? are Charlie Brown with the football, Joe. They are Charlie Brown with the football. Something would have yanked it see, from the, them. These are totally different concepts. But you're the all. purveyor of the law of the wolf. I am. They all, they're all tied together, in my opinion. They're all tied together, in my opinion. So, and I, and that's why I, I, I truly, I'm not just saying this to be a troll. The Louisville's I, got nothing to do with the law of the wolf. Although if they, no, if state no, no, beat no, Louisville no, this I year. think I, well, <laughs> right. It was there for state. It's there. It was there to tie it back to the start of the conversation today. If it's, it's somewhere, there's going to be an NC state fan that's looking at the existential dread of the season. And if they beat Carolina, they're going to look that back to that Louisville game and go, what could have been? And they'll still be mad. You should have beaten Louisville. It was right there for you. You could have been in the ACC championship game, which is the history of NC State sports, for heaven's sake. And that's why I think this is a deep-seated issue for State specifically. I brought up Louisville. If you and I were doing a – if you and I were Mark Ennis and Nick Coffey and all those guys out in Louisville covering the Cardinals, okay, hey, we'd be watching really shitty basketball. Hey, they, get, they fought yesterday in Texas. Buddy. That was big. <laughs> Louisville's going to screw the ACC again, but we would not be sitting here pounding the table talking about what could have been in the Atlantic well, division sure, because they because don't have a neighbor I was right say, up the way that yeah. makes it seem like, has, oh, have that, we just been there? Okay. Well, okay. Now let's go to the flip side of this. You don't think Duke and Carolina benefited from not playing Clemson on an annual sure basis. They benefited. Okay. Sure. They benefited. Okay. But you and I both also agree that you still have to go out and win the damn ball games. And on top of that, okay, so cool. Let's keep this going further. Cool. NC State's in the Coastal. They're one of the seven teams that ends up going to the ACC championship. What happens then, Joe? Then they lose to Clemson like then everyone they, else did. Then they did. get their ass handed to them by Clemson or Florida State. But like what happened to, to Duke. something that says we won something. Which doesn't mean shit when you get it right. Like I'm seeing this happen with Carolina fans. I don't know. Hey, no, 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 no. no, no. Look, to me. To, again, it does matter because if we tie all these conversations together, like we said, like earlier, before we move on to the NFL, you know, we talked about Mac Brown to start the show. Yeah. And you said, oh, you know, does Carolina want Mac Brown back? Which I think is a valid question. And, you know, the Mac Brown supporters are like, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, we literally won the co- we won the last division ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got to the championship game and we, we went to a New Year's Six Bowl game. Like, what more do you want? It's still not good enough. You see, all there's levels to this. It, even, even Wake Forest fans this year, yeah. Even Wake Forest fans. And I felt bad, man. That's got to be tough, man. You know, going to South. At least that game was not in Winston-Salem because it would have been even sadder to watch I, no, I Sam mean, Hartman. It yeah, would have been sad. That was just insult to injury because yes. losing to yes. State at home, they never lose to State at home. No, and they, they weren't do. even competitive against No, State. they never do. They never do. But anyway, I think I think you and I, it's... um. We're ha- it's, we're it's not a- having the same argument. I, I think you give me certain points of this argument that I'm not even trying to make. But you, whether you admit it or not, you are. You're feeding. No, no, Joe. You're feeding the. You're feeding we, the narrative. We agree on most of the things that yeah. we're saying. Yeah. If you are saying that it was a, it was, it was a detriment to play the best team in the conference every year, I and just, it was a, and it was a advantage for Carolina and Duke not to. I'm really trying hard to not go bootstraps energy there. And not go full Pat Narduzzi on you. Well, you know it's how. So, oh, it's so hard to you, beat Clemson. I did it. You also know <laughs> how I feel about scheduling when it comes to yeah. Duke basketball and Carolina basketball. You'll never have the hardest schedule because you can't play yourselves. No. Duke, you'll never have the hardest schedule. You can't play Duke at Duke. No, you're right. You're right. What, 
doesn't have to be hard. You know how you can actually make, you know, scheduling easier for you? How? Hometown Realty. Oh, doesn't have to be that hard buying a house. Doesn't have oh, to be that hard selling a house. Especially new construction. And I, I just saw a big story on the development on, on 401 mm-hmm. in, in my neck of the woods and went for $14 million, the, the land. I was like, wow. But I was like, I know who will be in there and I know who can help you get in there. Hometown Realty. Go to myhtr.com. That is their specialty, new construction. Myhtr.com website could not be any easier or efficient. Buy, sell. Right in the middle of the screen, they also have the mortgage calculator. So check them out. It's myhtr.com. Another road trip, and I avoided any sort of traffic violations. Oh, that's good. I finished my uh, four-hour defensive driving class that I took (laughs) online over the weekend. It was a challenge for sure. It was a challenge to my patients for sure. Yeah. Lesson learned for sure. Also, I'm glad to have Whitaker and Hamer on my side to help me get through this. WH dot lawyer, Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer, all the locations, all the experience, closing on a house, you need some help, selling a business, need some help, family law, need some help, traffic issues, need some help. Notice the pattern. You need some help. Mm-hmm. Check them out. WH dot lawyer. Would Sleek Fleet take me to Detroit? Probably not. Roanoke? No, you're going to have to handle those out of town trips. How about the state Carolina game? Absolutely. They would would be there for us on Saturday night. You know where else they'll be for us? On Wednesday. I don't know about you, Joe. I got a lot of cooking to do. Mm -hmm. I don't got time to go to the airport. You know who does? Tyler, Sleek Fleet. It's sleek-fleet.com. Even my glasses aren't good enough, though. So you're going to have to read the phone number to give them a call. (laughs) But it says it right there. Ditch your average ride share. And it's the truth. Airport, arenas, stadiums, you name it. You want to go out downtown. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't want to cook on Wednesday. Maybe you just want to go out downtown. Yeah. Don't want to pay for parking, uh, safely have a drink and not worry about any of those other issues. Well, sleek-fleet.com. 919-335-8840. Again, that's 919-335-8840. And you might even say, well, why wouldn't I just get one of those other things? Trust me. You want to go in style. Trust me. You want to go and be taken care of. Sleek Fleet is your answer. Do we have to talk about the Panthers? I believe our contract with graffiti says it's You're a good right. idea we for do. us to talk about we the Panthers. Do. We do. We do. And when we do, it's brought to you. By, I mean, we could just skip. We could just yada, yada, yada. We'll get to graffiti in a second. So I, yeah, again, I came back from, from youth hockey in Roanoke. So I, I, I got to, I had to run errands, you know, cause Kelly was coming back from Denver. She was out of town. So I was like, all right, let me go, let me go to Costco. Let me go to uh, Wegmans. Let me do, go to Publix. Can I get some stuff? Right. And so I listened to the game because I'm like, I'm not going to, I mean, the the Panthers have gotten to the point where I think a lot of people, including the people who didn't want to go to bank of America stadium as it became a Cowboys home game. um, And I'll get to a clip in a second from Frank Reich. The decision, uh, the calculus of, do I want to sit and watch this team or do I want to go run errands has hit. We're, We're at that point. We're at this inflection point. I would, I would say we're at this inflection point for a while now. Um, and I, I want to say if I can actually do I have it? Uh, no, I don't have I don't have somebody had reached out to me on threads saying it's like, man, <laughs> even Jake DeLome is like sick of this crap because I, I was listening to the same broadcast and I responded. I'm like, yeah, man, like props to Jake DeLome, you know, Panther legend for not being worried at all for what he says on the team broadcast because, you know, David Tepper's got ears on that thing. 
And you know that NFL owners want a positive vibes only type broadcast, but there's nothing to be positive about with the Carolina Panthers right now. And I think Jake DeLone put it best on the broadcast while I was driving around running errands. They got to make, they can't make the routine routine. I mean, that's some life wisdom. You got to be able to make the routine actually routine. And the Panthers make everything difficult for themselves. Even after making it a game, 17-10, with a really great drive by Bryce Young and the crew, they then started to shoot themselves in the foot like they have been doing all season long. And I'm not sitting here trying to absolve Bryce Young either. Bryce Young did not have a great game. He's a rookie. He's going to have his ups and downs. He had a pick six. I would put the fumble more on the, the Dallas Cowboys making a play and the offensive line issues once again coming home to roost. But it really is, to your point, Joe, you can kind of yada, yada, yada Panthers conversation because most of their issues and why they get routed by a team like the Cowboys is the same reason why they can't beat a, you know, a, a win. They can't get the winnable game like we saw at the beginning of the season. It's just it's maddening to watch the Panthers right now. Can we get to the fast forward button yet on well, this? What, firing Frank Reich? Just all of it. Yeah. You know, like they're yeah. going to sell shirts. Well, we didn't go 0 and 17. I mean, that's basically what this is going to come down to. Sure, sure. Here's Frank Reich. Frank Reich was asked about the crowd and people just kind of giving up on this team. Frank, understanding that you, it's your first year here, but I mean, it's a six straight losing seasons now. And I mean, you saw the crowd and how many Cowboy fans and Panthers fans gave up their tickets. I know you wanted to turn things around here right away, but how frustrating is this to, to not be able to do that right now? No, it's very frustrating. Um, you know, when you work hard, and you believe in the guys you're doing it with. And I, I believe in our coaches and players. Um, you know, not getting the results you want is frustrating. And, and so I'm frustrated most of all for them. But I'm certainly frustrated for the fans as well. You know, I've been in this game a long time. I've had a great appreciation for fan bases wherever I've been and what that means to a team and what that means to a city. So I, I understand the level of frustration, you know, by the fans. And, uh, you know, I mean, I... You know, we had the change here that we had and, you know, it's you set things, you start to set things in place to make a change and uh, you want it to happen overnight. Sometimes it takes longer than you want, um, but you have to keep your head down, uh, be strong willed, um, keep the vision clear and come to work every day. And you've got to be able to fight your way through the tough times. So, again, that's Frank Reich, head coach of the Carolina Panthers. By the way, I don't blame fans for selling their tickets to Cowboys fans. I don't blame fans for no. checking out. I don't blame fans for saying I'd rather go do a Costco run than watch or listen to this Panther squad. And I think it goes, I think the rot has set in for the Carolina Panthers that it goes beyond who the next coach is going to be. Because even if they fire Frank Reich and they get rid of Scott Fitterer and they try to go with a new clean slate, the biggest issue is that nobody believes that David Tepper is going to be able to turn this thing around. And I don't know, maybe I stumbled into something last week, Joe, where we talked about David Tepper and distressed assets and things like that. It doesn't matter what David Tepper does with this organization. He's still going to be able to turn it around and sell the Panthers for a profit because that's what happens with NFL franchise valuations. They, it just, it's, it's a, it's like the greatest Ponzi scheme of all time. The, it's going up in the straight sure, line. So but I wouldn't count on that happening. No, I don't think he's going to sell it anytime <laughs> soon. I'm just saying that I, I, I have, <laughs> I, I feel like the better move is for David Tepper to sell the team than actually try to keep doing what he's doing because clearly it has not worked. And I don't know if he's learned a lesson this go around either. Because that's the thing. Remember, we tried to give David Tepper credit mm -hmm. after getting rid of Matt Rule. Yeah. And going in the direction he did with Frank Reich. Ah, you're putting some adults in the room. Cool. Of course. And you're trying to solve your quarterback problem. 
I, I didn't agree with how they went about it, but I yeah. understood the premise. So are you going to learn the lessons there too? Like, all right, you know what? Maybe I need oh, to have wow. a GM and a coach on <laughs> yeah, the same yeah. page. You know yeah. what? Maybe I need to get out of the way and actually trust my, because again, it's like incremental steps, right? Okay. I got the adults in the room, but did I trust the adults in the room to make the right personnel decisions? That's a, that's open to interpretation with the next go around. Are you going to go younger, innovative? on offense to get the most out of Bryce young. Cause that's probably the most infuriating part. If you did watch that game was on that 17 play drive that resulted in a touchdown to make it I think 17 or 14 play drive that, that made it 17, 10 in that. Oh, look at that. Like you ran the ball. Yeah. Okay. You saw Bryce young under center a little bit here. Oh, okay. Well, where the hell has this been? But of course, again, the Panthers, find ways to lose just like the jets continue to find interesting new ways to lose. They finally benched Zach Wilson. They finally, Tim Boyle or whoever it is. Who's the, who's the Boyle, right? Isn't that the quarterback to put in there? Let me ask you, let me, let me preface like this. Is Tommy the DeVito, the best quarterback in New York right now? Ouch. Ow. <laughs> True. It went, even with, even with Aaron Rodgers at 80%, is Tommy DeVito the best quarterback in New York right now? After the Giants beat Washington. It's crazy how bad the NFL has been this year. Imagine if we didn't have Taylor Swift mm-hmm. and we get the bonanza tonight, but yeah, we'll talk about the that NFL a bit tomorrow. The NFL has stunk this year. It has yeah, the Joey Burrow injury on Thursday. I mean, it's just the game watch. I'm trying to watch a little bit of last night between Minnesota and oh. Denver and Chris Collinsworth giving me the hard sell at the beginning of that game. No. And I'm like, Chris, no, no, sir. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Although props to Denver. Denver has kind of picked itself up. They're, they actually are in the wild card hunt all the same. Yeah, boy. Russell Wilson is staying within himself, which good for him. Cool. But like, did you watch any of the Steelers and uh, Browns? I saw the stats from Kenny Pickett's uh-huh. passing chart. Uh-huh. That was peak Canada. Poor Brooke Pryor, man. I, I was I was following because uh, she spent some more time on threads this weekend. Oh, wait a second. Maybe David Tepper did learn something from the Steelers. And if, that is. If they think Matt Canada is a good idea. Oh, maybe he'll take it with Matt Canada. Hey. Oh, no. Maybe. Oh, no. Maybe you just stumbled onto it. Maybe as the Matt can this is the perfect marriage. The Matt no. Canada falling up trajectory. Next head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Steeler guy. Uh, Brooke Pryor was threading through it. Uh, Najee Harris is like, I'm tired of this shit. Yeah, Najee Harris, who got benched. Right. Just tired <laughs> of this shit. Guess what? Yeah, well, it is what it is. You never want to be the starter for Matt Canada. You always want to be the backup. It's just, just brutal. But in the Chargers, find yet another way to lose. I'm guessing Brandon Staley is going to be out of a job at the end of the season. Um, the Dolphins. Oh. Here's the funny thing about the Dolphins. My guys did not unleash the fury. Well, it's good to get Jalen Ramsey back. I think that was obviously a difference, but in an ugly season where everybody's been getting hurt and all that kind of stuff, the Dolphins cannot afford to have, you know, Tyreek Hill off the field at times. Uh, they get a chain back and then he's not back because yep. he got hurt again. So it's just it. what's happening to the Dolphins is very, you know, in line with what we've been seeing across the NFL, but that's not to say that the NFL is filled with doom and gloom stories. Um, there are some hel- hilarious stories like the Aaron Rodgers thing, you know, Aaron Rodgers saying he wants to be back on December 2nd. It's, according not, a to fake reports. Injury. it's not a fake injury. Totally not a fake injury. He's going to be back on December 2nd, but for what? 
losing to the Buffalo Bills. I saw the, I think Aaron shots of um, what FTN now used to be with football outsiders had moved the Jets playoff probability from 33% to 3% after losing to the Buffalo Bills. So what's Aaron Rodgers coming back for exactly to hurt himself again by rushing himself back from this injury? Oh no, I heard they're going to make a trade for Devonte Adams. Well, that gets to another question too. What again, as much as we can make fun of Zach Wilson, the Jets are the problem. And to tie this back to Taylor Swift, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Why do they think getting the band back together at this point in time is the answer for the Jets' problems? Okay, and and this continued. This continued with the with the Jets conversation, where people were banging on the Jets for sticking with Zach Wilson. I'm just going to float this out there. Do you think that if the Jets had actually gone out and gotten a capable quarterback while they were still in playoff contention, let's say they made a trade for Kirk Cousins. Let's say they, by the way, they could have had Josh Dobbs. All right. Let's say they made, they made the move for Josh Dobbs and they put a competent quarterback in there. You know who would have hated that? You know what would have caused more drama? Hey, Aaron. Aaron Rodgers would have lost his shit because again, the entire premise for Aaron Rodgers is I'm the one who can fix this. I'm the one that's going to come back and white knight the situation. And it's going to be the greatest thing you've ever seen out of a 40-year-old. Screw you, Tom Brady. I'm going to take New York back. But that's what this is about. There's no way that Aaron Rodgers would have handled this in any sort of sane way because the guy's a weirdo, straight up. So the Jets continue to provide in uh, in the fun and frivolity. But it's not all doom and gloom. Perhaps the Detroit Lions, man. Our guys. Detroit Lions, this, they haven't been this good since the 60s, Joe. The 60s. When football players had to have second jobs <laughs> where football actually probably was the second job. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's how long this has been, man. So it's not all doom and gloom. And I do think that Jared Goff is a wonderful comeback story for how the Detroit lions have gotten to this point. So that's kind of where we're at in the NFL. It's been to your point, Joe, we get a little bit of a super bowl preview tonight. The more I see, the more I'm convinced we're going to get, that Super Bowl rematch between the Eagles and the Chiefs, you're shaking your head. I don't know who's knocking off the Chiefs. And I don't know who's going to knock off the Eagles, health being the great equalizer, of course. I mean, honestly, who in the NFC is going to scare you right now? The Niners. No. They're going to be too banged up by the time we get to that point. It's fair. And Brock Purdy. Contingent upon their health. And hey, Brock Purdy bounced back. You know, Brock Purdy had a really good game. Look, everyone everyone else around him is healthy. Weird. The perfect passer rating. Weird. I'll shout out to Brock Purdy, who uh, I don't even know how the quarterback passer rating works. But if you say I was perfect, cool, I'll take it. So th- that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm still more convinced than ever that we are going to get that rematch. And you know, Taylor Swift is a witch, right? So we're willing this into existence. She's going to take over the Super Bowl. And the families are meeting tonight. Oh, yeah. The, Swift, the Kelsey and, and Swift. The I'm Swift, like the Swift family. I'm like the five families. What are we? Although what are we talking I mean, the way about the way things are running right now in the NFL, it kind of is like we're on the fine families. <laughs> if you think about it, big thanks to Graffiti for sponsoring Ovi's and Gilio and all our conversations about the Carolina Panthers. So we will be doing an OG after dark following the NC State Carolina game. We're going to be at the breeze through there by PNC Arena, Carter Finley Stadium. Uh, I guess you could drop by and say, hey, get some hydration. I don't know. Maybe we, are we putting people on mic? Yeah. All right. Why not? Do I put the link out to the stream yard? Yeah. Just people just popping on? Yes. <laughs> what are we doing it for? If not. All right.
The two of us? Dude, it's going to be total chaos. You know that, right? Correct. All right. I'm in, I'm in for it. I'm going to need some of that coffee. Dark roast. Yeah. Get it. So good. Absolutely going to need all some times. of that coffee. At all times. So we'll give you some more information about what we're going to do Saturday OG after dark. In the meantime, uh, get all your tailgating needs at Breeze Through. Check them out. Locations across the Triangle and across North Carolina. Uh, Thanksgiving is Thursday. It's not too late to head on over to the butcher's market and get what you need for Thanksgiving. I'm talking appetizers, sides. Uh, if you're actually going to try to grill your turkey, smoke the turkey, they got all the things that you need there at, uh, at butcher's market. Or if you don't want to do turkey, you want to do a lasagna. They got a really great ground, ground meat. I know. I already went. I got the sausage and I got the ground beef. I'm all set for Wednesday. Big, big fan of that. And big thanks to Mosquito and Pest Authority. Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. Check them out, bugsbite.com. I got to email Hayes back. I'm catching up on things. Yes, we, we, we've been giving marching orders. We have been. And I am really intrigued for next summer. Mm-hmm. This misting system? Misting system? I, I'm getting some termite bait. I'm, ex- I'm excited about this. I had termites from mulch Yeah, uh, that I got yeah. from one of those stores. Yep, I had a snake in and my car from mulch, but I was know. not happy <laughs> not happy and as you know you have to have termite protection you do so you might as well get it from the best that's mosquito authority pest authority bugsbite.com go save yourself some money punch in your zip code and you'll see all kinds of ways to save at bugsbite.com and we'll get out of here with some hey joe questions thanks to oakwood pizza box i believe we've got the wheels in motion okay okay so Behind the scenes. Yeah. Wesley Dallas Durham tech calls me mm-hmm. on Saturday morning. Yeah. Or like relatively he, early. He texted me first and I said, yeah. that's a question for Jillian. <laughs> and he goes, if, and it's looking like it's going to be, we'll be in Raleigh next Saturday. And I was yeah. like, oh, great. <laughs> uh, not that I don't want to see Wes. <laughs> we love Wes. I didn't want the eight o'clock start. Uh, he goes, hey, so uh, if we end up in Raleigh, wink, wink. Nod, nod. Do you think on Friday, Anthony and Oakwood Pizza Box could get us like, you know, 12 to 16 pizzas for the ESPN production crew? Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll be in Raleigh. We'll be in town. And I said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Anthony will take care of you. So I texted Anthony and I said, hey, got some business coming your way mm-hmm. from the ESPN peeps on Friday. Uh, Anthony, not open on Thursday this week, but well, it was Thanksgiving, you know, all good. It's all good right. Week. I'm excited about that. Yeah, me too. I'm excited about it. And that. I, I told them both I would deliver the pizzas if necessary. DD so, Health. Potentially. Okay. Let me know. Because I'm like, are you are you guys staying at the State View? And Wes was like, oh, I don't know yet where we're staying. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, let me know. If we got to deliver pizza, we'll deliver pizza. Absolutely. I'm thinking we're, we're all over that. Thinking content. Uh, from Threads, firing Frank Reich after one season would make the Panthers look like a dysfunctional organization. And it would be, and it would be if that happens. No one wants to play for a clown show. Shit like that is free repellent. Well, I'm not going to disagree with Marcus, but I also would point out that there's only 32 of these jobs. Yeah, I mean, there's only 32 of these jobs. Plus, Frank Reich has clearly proven this year he's not the right person for the job. No. Again, it was a great idea, but it's not working. They out. they need something to unlock Bryce Young and develop Bryce Young, and this is not the answer. Uh, from Iggy, I need UNC and all whites. Versus red helmet, red jersey, white pants. If that happens, we're all the real winners on Saturday. No, we want primary colors. Uh, these two schools refuse to give me the primary colors. 
in other than baseball. So it, it, it irks me. I'm already irked, I'm sure. Wait, have they not done primary colors yet? Not in football. Oh, because we've seen it in basketball, and mm. it's great. We've, we've seen it once in basketball. Okay, okay. I still, I still think about what could have been with the October pink combinations that Tom O'Brien would break out. Yeah. And they had an all-pink uniform that was ready to go, but they happened to be in Chapel Hill that October. And I could only imagine an all-pink NC State with the Carolina blue. It would have looked like a baby's room explosion. Gender reveal. Oh, yeah. my goodness. That would have been the ultimate gender reveal, right? State one, it's a girl. <laughs> you know, like something like that, right? Anyway, uh, we got from Todd from the mountain. UNC football is punching UNC football as UNC football watches. Yeah, that's a pretty apt description about UNC football. It's just this meme where everybody, it's just the, yeah, it's bad. It's bad for UNC right now. The vibes around UNC are bad, but I think they'll be fine. I think ultimately I could see UNC winning, but we'll let's see the here nor there. Is it me or is the ACC network broadcast a lesser quality than the CW network? I think they use, well, depending on which game it is, but they definitely use fewer cameras. Uh, I, I enjoy the CW. Yes. Because they, they prioritize that game. It's their one game. They mm-hmm. kind of, it's still the Raycom people, but they go all out for it. And I, I'm all for those things. Little different innovations there. And obviously I, I'm partial to Tom Wormy and James mm-hmm. Bates. I think they do a great job. So look, you're never going to get an F boy Island read on the ACC network. And that's no, that's I, kind I mean, of a my, my real issues with the ACC network are, you know, not maybe not the primetime game that they get, but the other ones where you're like wake against pit, like mm-hmm. you're using like one fixed camera on the one sideline. And you're like, you're, you're, this is a billion dollar industry and you're relying on one camera because, yeah. because you don't feel like throwing a couple more out there. Cause it's too expensive. Well, you got to remember Joe ESPN only made $3 billion in profit. Sure. Only three. It's, sure. it's it's off from where it was a couple of years ago uh, from David. Who's having a worse season, North Carolina or Southern Cal. It doesn't matter because both Caleb Williams and Drake may are going to go tops in the draft as quarterbacks next year, man, USC losing to UCLA. That's was, a tough look, man. That's a tough look. Cause he, UCLA is ready to fire Chip Kelly. Yes, they were. Now, what do you do now? Here's the funny thing about Caleb Williams, who apparently did not talk to the media after that game. I don't care. No surprise. I don't care. No, they have been babying everybody over there they have there's that that's a lincoln riley problem yeah not a caleb williams problem yeah and ultimately it does not matter because i know what's going to happen as we kind of get as the week goes on and people are looking for things to talk about oh you know what does this mean for his draft stock you know is that an nfl team want to take this guy who won't take on responsibility actually i saw it already like joe burrow went and addressed the team and he speaks for the team it's like no 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 no, no man that's not how this works especially in college uh caleb williams will be just fine and over to the youtube comments we got much more Frank Reich stuff, you know, from Panther gal. Dude needs to be a little league coach if he loves the play calling because he's in over his head in the NFL. Called him Stanky Frankie. That's pretty good. Stanky Frankie. I'm glad uh, that there's people who can muster up the dislike. I know, for man. Like, like, it's just so. So I was. It's just so vanilla. Uh, it's from this just guy. So- Boring. This guy, Karite, uh, Colts fan here, just for the inevitable Frank Wright car yeah. wa- car crash <laughs> carnage. The thing that needs to be understood is that Reverend Frank adores play calling. That's what he loves best about coaching. He's terrible at it, mind you, unless you think first down runs up the A-gap or bubble screens. But the real mystery is not why he took the play card back, but why he gave it in the first place. Yes, that's a great question. It, we'll close on this. You, you talk about you know props to the people who are mustering the thing. Yeah. I was listening to Julian Council 
on the oh, Locked On Panthers doing podcast. Doing the Lord's work. Dude. I actually said it to my son on the drive to school today. I said, you know, because Julian always starts the podcast with, you know, we're talking Panthers Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And I might be reading into it, but I feel like <laughs> as he went through the days of the week, he's like, and Wednesday and Thursday. <laughs> ah, shit. I got to talk about this stuff on Friday, too. Damn. <laughs> Poor Ju- And he's got to do the post game ones, too. Buddy. I'm sorry, Julian. I feel like we should just bring him on. Actually, we can't talk to him no, about UNC no, because no. do we need to send him this? Yes. <laughs> we've got we've got what ails you, my friend. Yeah, Julian, come on through, man. We got some Colonel Taylor, man. We'll go from there. It's gonna wrap it up for today's show. We'll see you tomorrow <laughs> for our super Thanksgiving episode. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.